ladies and gentlemen. It is the Good Brothers here, Charlie and Garrett. Bro, yo, we yo, just yo. got through a five-hour pay-per-view. How you feeling right now? Uh, like I'm not excited to have to watch an hour of dark tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, oh, man. two hours of dark. Fuck. Oh, God. So this is the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast, and we have an, a weekly AEW wrestling show that you guys can catch on the weekends. But this is a po- this is a pay-per-view special, and Garrett and I, we, we've, we haven't even talked yet. We're like, we, we've been messaging. Well, we've, yeah, we've been messaging. We haven't dived in. We haven't even like prepped this, so we're just jumping right in. And Garrett, These are literally pure thoughts. The show just ended like literally like less than ten minutes ago. Like, and, and <laughs> let's just let's start with some overall feelings of it, right? And like, I'll, I'll I kind of poked fun at it right away, but the this did go a little long, especially for AEW. Um, we're used yeah. to like a tight three and a half hours with the pre-show. Some of them go four hours. AEW pay-per-views are known for actually being longer than like WWE pay-per-views are right now. I guess is what I was hearing, but like. I guess it doesn't really matter because a lot of times people like they even said this one thing I was listening to, you know, they, they don't have as much you know time for TV to, uh, to excuse me on TV for some pay-per-view or sorry, some, blah, 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 for some feuds, you know, uh, so it's that you got to put that stuff on the pay-per-view. Absolutely. And that being said, I don't think there was a wasted match and we're about to dive through this card and like. What we kind of like to do is maybe fantasy book a little bit, but let's just say we're right on a couple big ones and we're wrong on a couple others that I, I'm very curious on this booking results. So let's start off with the, with the fun one. We're just going to go from top to bottom, maybe from bottom to top, I guess, because we're starting at yeah. the beginning. Oh, well, Hookhausen anyway, versus Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. So this was the debut of the Hookhausen tag team. Um, I was hoping this would go longer. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, I guess Mark can't really wrestle that much. Or he, like, he could do some stuff, but like, not. He like, kind of played the stooge role in this. When we watched Dark, so him and Brandon Cutler need to form a tag team. Yeah, essentially, yeah, it was it was a stooge role, and it. I mean, he worked. He he came out in some funny looking gear. Yeah, right? he looked funny. Yeah, that was silly. Yeah. Tony discussing the message back and forth. That was his his gear. Um, yeah, yes. I mean, like. It was mostly just Hook in this match getting stuff. Like everyone else, pretty much, even Tony Nese didn't really do a whole lot. Um, he just kind of had like his funny laughing spots, right? That's kind of what it felt like. <clears throat> oh, the big thing in this match is we. I mean, we we did finally find out that Dan Housen does know how to do some wrestling. <laughs> um, which we obviously, I mean, he broke his leg on the Indies, so I mean, I'm yeah. guessing. We always kind of assumed that, but like I didn't know how good he was, and you know, he wrestled but, a little bit of Ring of Honor when there was no fans there. So no, I know. So I mean, I, I always knew he could wrestle, but like how yeah. good? You know, is he like? Because a lot of guys kind of got by in Ring of Honor by the you know in the same way that for a long time the NXT tag division got by because the revival were there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see him. Uh, we didn't see him hit the GTS. So, but I don't. I can't imagine he's bringing that to AEW. I got. <laughs> I got to think that's a move they're gonna. And he was like, hey, you know what? We got CM Punk. Um, yeah. So that be, that was our only pre-show match. I mean, look, in terms of a kickoff show, Hook and Dan Housen, the crowd was fucking hot, right? Um. Yeah, no, but just they were so hyped for the show that it could, they could have literally had anything in this spot and the crowd would have been like absolutely losing it. You stick Hook out there and there you go. So and then let's jump into the main card. So we kicked this off with MJF versus Wardlow. And in the past 24 hours, 
kind of just funny since we did our last two shows. Thanks to all you guys who checked those out. By the way, we really appreciate that. And hopefully you stuck around and you're checking this one out today. And there's been a fucking whirlwind of news with MJF. Yeah. Some say he booked a flight. Some say he didn't. He no-showed a meet and greet. Some weren't even sure if he was showing up today. People don't know if it's a work. People don't know this. They don't know that. Here's the reality that I think the way that this match ended, they have time to figure it out. Because you can have MJF off TV for the next couple months now, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like what I was saying. Um, Not specifically related to the contract or anything like that, but because MJF has clearly been unhappy with his position for a little while now, you know, maybe some time off would do both parties some good because it's going to be a long time before they can renegotiate. I mean, unless Tony Khan just decides to be nice. Um, But to stick with the match. um, Yeah, and and I guess... The, the he showed up chance that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, was they had to give MJF some shit. Um, Wardlow's reaction was just everything we were hoping. So they didn't do any new music for Wardlow, but I have a feeling that we might see that like on Wednesday. Agreed. Yeah, um, I, I imagine if if he's, I mean, maybe he rolls no music like Champa did a couple years back. It worked for Champa. It's an old school wrestling thing, man. It used yeah. to be considered a heel thing to have a flashy entrance. So, you know, I maybe, I mean. But yeah, so going into the match a little bit, I mean, the kind of the story here was MJF was scared of Wardlow. And he had every right to be. He tried to use his ring, didn't get allowed. And basically Wardlow ended up hitting him with what? 10 power bombs? Yeah, I think that was the count. He did the, he did the <laughs> 10 gimmick for spears so i mean that was a nice little nod to spears there so maybe he'll go after spears again to to me this felt like like a check mark on this booking i i was very excited about going into this match i was very happy about the way that the show was booked like uh this feud was booked we kind of talked about that yesterday and to me this was the (laughs) correct result i feel like in every aspect because wardlow looks like a megastar coming out of this so people give Bryce Rimsburg shit sometimes, but he does little things every now and then when he's like trying to be in the spotlight where it actually really works. For example, when when you mentioned he got they took the ring away, he first of all he timed it perfectly. Like he knew he clearly knows wrestling timing, so he didn't like go too early <laughs> and just snag it like some refs would. You know what I mean? Which has also worked, but you know I liked that he like played it up. And then he tapped MJF on the shoulder as he took it away. And I was just like, that's so perfect. That is a great point. He really does have that wrestling timing. Like it's that knowledge. And and some refs don't have that and they don't have to necessarily have it. Like Paul Turner is just great because he is just a great ref. You know, he seems like a genuine, like he seems like it could be a reference force, you know? Um, But. um, And so that brings up the next power bomb gets such a loud pop, dude, from the crowd. man. And MJF ran away from it like three or four times. Like he was really being chicken shit scared as he, he had every right to be because he knew the result. <laughs> he knew what would happen if he got caught. And that's why he's been so scared of Wardlow. And that's kind of been the this, this moral of this story. He's scared of him. Yeah. He even offered to quadruple his pay at one point And it just didn't happen, man. Wardlow was like, yeah, let's see if we can keep this going up. <laughs> yeah, right. And I saw someone be like, what money? <laughs> <laughs> exactly let's get a little backyard so i mean here uh it ends with the warlow is all elite graphic you deserve it chance yep 
I mean, glorified squash match. So I think the question that some people are asking, was this always the uh, way the match was going to go? Or did they change something? I, I'm of the opinion that it was always going to go this way based on the way it's been booked. Yeah, I mean, the storyline, you have Wardlow loses. Like, where do you even go with Wardlow? Like, I mentioned on the show, one of the shows we did recently, like, that if Wardlow were to lose this match, like, I think you would literally have to have him go work Japan, work Impact, work somewhere else that's, like, affiliated with the AEW that's not, like... God, Wardlow and MLW would have been interesting. But anyway, um, you know, just some random promotion that they can... Because this is such a big-time thing. This is, like, his career-defining moment. Um... This is absolutely the biggest win of, of Wardlow's career, without it, without it. That's doubt. what I love about MJF, man. He is not afraid to put people over, and he does this all the time. It's why he's so fucking great, dude. And every program he's in, everyone cares about. And I'm just, I hope he's not gone long. If he is gone, and if, if this is his swan song, and we never see him again, hell of a fucking run he had in this company. Oh, absolutely. Like if, if, if they're not able to resolve it and he ends up getting his release, which a lot of people seem to think if he were to ask for it, he probably would get it. Um, I mean, I, I can't I, see why I, he wouldn't. I hope know? not, man. I, I hope it's, it's figured out and it's like, Hey, here's the, here's the deal. We'll give you a month off and then come back. We'll give you one. We'll, we'll do one last run here. And January, I mean, it's like January, 2024, isn't it? So doesn't the guy still have like sixteen months or something? Like, yeah, no, he's got at least he's gonna be he's he's under contract, but it's I guess it must be in the contracts that they have drawn up for a bunch of the talent in AEW that if they that they can be released in a similar way under certain circumstances, but that maybe Tony isn't gonna just do that to them. Like it's just as precedent, but you know, there's yeah. also another side of that. He could just decide to keep you at that point too. You know, like and um, when someone has asked for the release, i.e., Kylie Ray, he let it happen. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Let's. So moving on from that, we then jump into the Young Bucks versus the Hardys. Now, uh, a little preparation here. I think we we were both having some stream troubles here at the start of the yeah. match. Unfortunately, we may have to like talk about like we there may be a couple matches where we like we go back and watch them at a later at a later time. This one I definitely would say so. Luckily, this was a 19 minute match, so I feel like I caught most. I feel of like it. I got it. Yeah, I feel like I got enough but of it to see that this was actually like a, a lot really of the beginning. Match. Yeah, so like, it's like that. Being said, I've been kind of reading on what some people have thought. So the main like complaint I see from this match is some people don't think they just had the best pacing together. And I, I could, see that you could correlate that to from what we were seeing later in the match. Nick Jackson had to do everything. And like, I'm yeah. not going to try and blame someone, but literally the guy had to do li- almost everything. And the moments that Matt was doing good, Matt Hardy, that is. And it felt like maybe their timing just wasn't all great together. So I'm definitely going to go back and maybe, maybe watch the beginning of this match before uh, we hop on our show next week, just to see like, maybe if I can agree with that. But from what I saw, the way the end of the match went, this was kind of, how do you say? We kind of knew what the result, I, I, well, based on yesterday, I felt the way that the result was going to go was the Hardys winning because they're going to eventually get the tag title run. Mm-hmm. The way the match was going, I did not think they were going to win. Yeah, it did seem like it was building to the Bucks winning, but I mean, 
Which they're, I mean, they're it super even, kick spots. It doesn't even necessarily feel like they're done yeah. with each other. I even messaged it's, you it's, this it's, when Nick went for the whisper in the wind. I was like, "Holy shit!" He needs to add that to his move set. That's what I was kind of thinking too. But I feel like they need to have a longer feud before that happens. I don't think you can just steal that from him just yet. It's like, you know. So with the Hardys winning, do you think they run this back? I hope so, but I mean, I don't okay. think it's going to necessarily happen. The Hardys might need to move straight on to the tag titles. You know, like. Um, and we know they're in a match next Wednesday. We'll get to it, but, but it's been teed up now. So, you yeah. know, um, so, so potentially. I mean, hey, so unfortunately, we I, I feel like we both can't really talk about that one because. Well, we I, no, I wrote some. I mean, I wrote some stuff down. Yeah, go ahead. Hit, hit what you got, because that's kind of all I had. Just really the end um, of the match. So the big thing is that they did obviously instead of going for just like getting a match under the belts of one of these teams uh, against each other, uh, they actually went for a big time match. So that was a big deal. Um, the Jacksons looked like the Jacksons of the indie scene from like a couple of years ago, which they don't really traditionally look like in AEW that much. Every so often for these bigger matches, they pull it out, but they looked like themselves for once, you know, like. You know, you could tell them apart. Anyway, um, <laughs> shout but, out Nick with the uh, or uh, yeah, Nick growing out of sideburns. <laughs> absolutely, but um, there was like a nice uh, I one thing about oh, the cats being annoying. Hold on, and yeah, one of the one of the spots sorry, I really like anyway, the Brandy um, Cutler spot. The, um, sorry, there was a, one of the things I wrote in my notes that I think is actually true. During this match, I think like the commentary really carried it a lot. Like they were doing a lot to make some of the non particularly good stuff that that wasn't like that great look or sound seem better via like the i don't know i feel like i i I noticed that the commentary i felt like it was helping guiding this match um and then like i think the one spot that was just like gnarly was when jeff like tried to kill himself on that swanton on the ring steps like yes yes, that was nuts who took that who took that move who was it matt he he took that move oh brutal brutal move there were some good Um, ring steps tonight yeah, yeah. Ring steps, ring steps got some love. AEW's ring steps are different too. They, they seem like they're a lot harder, you know. Yeah. So I mean, just the finish of this match, Matt Hardy hit the twist of fate, went for a near fall. He went for another. Nick reversed it for the backslide pin for a near fall. Matt hit the side effect, followed by a twist of fate on Nick. Jeff Hardy tagged in, hit the Swanton bomb, and pinned Nick. So the Hardys are victorious. Yeah. I, I mean, the result. I feel like we both just kind of the writing was a little bit on the wall with this one but yeah, it still I, mean, came across I, I just shock. thought if the bucks win it gives you a chance to run it back which so i'm not sure if that's going to happen now but i mean yeah maybe they're just going to get really scummy towards him hey who this knows this doesn't seem like the kind of i mean i know the hardys aren't going to have that many matches in AEW. obviously it doesn't seem like but I, if they're going to spend a few of them on a team, why would you not have it be the Bucks? It's the one team where they can put together like this incredible feud, and they could have a cinematic match. And I, I'm sure the freaking Young Bucks would love that, you know? Yeah, and so after this, we had the acclaimed and gun club. They partied too hard, uh, which led to Billy Gunn covering up Austin Gunn with a blanket and how much he passed out. I, I, I love the, uh, the scissoring up, uh, of Owens as he's asleep in the wheelchair. <laughs> I thought uh, he was covering up. Um, maybe was it Austin? I thought it was. Uh, um, I'm not sure. I, I had Austin, Austin written down, but it could have been wrong. I thought it was Casting, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny if it was, but it, it might not have been. But anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, these guys clearly they like them if they're featuring them on a couple pay per view segments. 
Yeah, I mean, they even snuck into the pre-show a little bit, which we forgot to mention, like, um, because it was like two seconds. They were like, and and there was something on that that I was surprised by. Uh, Caster basically did straight up say that they would have won the tag titles. Now, he might have just said that, but conspiracy brain goes into into work there, and I'm like, hmm, Hmm. maybe they would have won the tag titles. Who knows? Or maybe it would have been them instead of Swerve and Lee. Not saying that Swerve and Lee, maybe they would have had like singles matches or would have been in the tournament. That would have been crazy if they were in the tournament. Um, yeah, and hey, man, we uh, we've been saying Eddie Kingston's winning the world title off CM Punk at Grand Slam. We got one step closer, and, and last <sighs> night we added to this fantasy booking uh, the acclaimed winning the tag titles. I, I said off of the Hardy or no Swerve, Swerve, Swerve in our glory, right? So. Yeah, I don't know if that's happening, but hey, the Acclaim still winning the tag titles there. And now we got to jump into the TBS Championship match, and there is a lot of uh, post-match theatrics here for yeah. the better. And let me just say, during the match, so this one was one that really didn't have much build, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're like, okay, it's Jade and Anna Jay. I mean, they're going to yeah, go We saw this before. Yeah. Jade's Probably Jade's best match was with Anna Jay. And I and think it, I think her new best match was also with Anna Jay this and time. Yeah, too. I'm with you. And I, I gotta say, I think they worked really I think, well. I think here. what they did in this match was really good. Um Yeah. hundred percent So that being said, I thought Anna Jay was so smooth here. Oh yeah. Like a lot of times when she's in these tag teams, we know I I've we've kind of mentioned on Dark. Sometimes it just doesn't flow as well, but she thrives in these singles matches. Mm-hmm. And when you're with someone like Jade, who every time she hits a fucking move, it makes it feel bigger. <laughs> Little things like the Russian leg sweep, like she made it look better. We got to talk about the John Silver thing. So this kind of sets up the manager thing, right? So the simp comes out there trying to wreck havoc and Johnny Hungy runs out, no shirt, lays him out. <laughs> I was I was like, oh no, here we go. And that actually ended up getting a, a near fall for uh Anna J shortly after that was actually a, a pretty deep into two, which you don't see on Jade too often. That's that is the level of protection Jade is at. Like it's not even funny. When they finally build up a contender to beat Jade, it's going to be great because of how protected she is. I'm, I'm just trying to think of who that would be. It might, it might be someone that becomes a more obvious uh, in the near future. Um, yeah, but someone's just going to have to get a beautiful story built up. And it could be Athena, could be Ruby, could be Statlander. And there's so many people that could do it if they, get the, if they get the right story. So let's take it to the end of the match where Jay ends up reversing the Jaded. She locks in the Queen Slayer rear naked choke. And no one really gets out of that. So for that was already big enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Jade reverses it by slamming her in the corner. They brawl a little bit, and then they get distracted by Stokely Hathaway. People were pitching as like a dream manager for Jade the day he got released from NXT. Yeah, Malcolm should be the manager for Jade. But he was kind of like, you know, maybe I'm going to stick to my stand-up comedy because if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, this guy is absolutely fucking hilarious. His video he did, they really never gave him a chance to shine in NXT. But the video he did about Roderick Strong losing the Cruiserweight title, some of the funniest shit they've ever done. That allowed Jade to hit the avalanche jaded for the pinfall win. So Garrett, she retains in a sub. It was a seven, seven and a half minute match. Mm -hmm. So out of our first three matches, excluding the pre-show, two of them were seven and a half minutes. 
And I feel like we're off to a fucking blazing start. And so, yeah, I guess just what were your kind of overall thoughts in the match? And then, and then Stokely, and we'll dive into the stuff after in a second. Yeah. Um, well, just first off, I really enjoyed seeing all the non, the crazy nonsense at the end. But I mean, yeah, there was like uh, several counters to the jaded that were really sick. Um, I like, I like how Anna J seems to be, you know, um, even though they on commentary don't act like she, they keep acting like she doesn't have that much experience. I don't know why. I guess because she was at one point a very inexperienced wrestler, but she wrestles like a ten year veteran. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think when um, she came to AEW, she was very new, and that's fair. But like, but just so like you know, <laughs> it wasn't Red Velvet also in a similar position at one point? Like yeah, all these a lot stars, of more. Like, yeah. You know, um, like a lot of these stars are in a similar position to like what that was. And, and I think Anna Jay just, you know, probably because of her association with like the Dark Order, which is just full of actual veteran wrestlers, you know, like it's probably hard not to pick that stuff up. But um, yeah. yeah. And so what do you think about Stokely being Jay's manager now instead of uh, the simp? The Simps got so a lot of shit going on elsewhere. Yeah, this is a scenario of NXT that I missed, but I mean, I've heard of the guy. I know who he is. I just don't know much about like what he does. So I'm excited because it's something new that I get to watch now on AEW. So and we um, talk about elevating Jade's character when they brought in the baddies and now bringing in Stokely. I mean, Jade, the potential is is unbelievable. And now you're going to mm-hmm. have Stokely, who's going to add this comedic element as well as a very serious element that she also already brings but that wasn't the end of the surprises here bro wait are they gonna be like stokely and sterling like a lawyer branch like they're like a lawyer company like where they (laughs) yeah i i don't know i'm imagining they're just gonna do like a one quick thing maybe on rampage and be like yeah sorry mark you're out we got someone new yeah me can go with tony niece right that's fine absolutely and he's working great with niece and i gotta say uh Jade using the European uppercuts that uh, stuck out to me as well. That Daniel, that uh, Brian Danielson training, man, you're, you're seeing little things here. And you mentioned something that I wanted to, I know we're spending forever on this match, but uh, Anna Jay and the countering, I think that's the part of her, what makes her in these matches and singles, especially feel so consistent and fluid. She counters everyone. So like beautifully, I'm trying to find the right words here, but she just knows it. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. It's a, it's a mark of like it's that that's a, that's a thing I talked about. Like it's like the mark of a veteran wrestler being able to. CM Punk does this all the time. Take any move that you see somebody else do and find a way to counter it into something not just in your repertoire, but just something that makes sense logically in the wrestling match. Like what you would do yeah. if you were fighting this person, and that's something that I think Anna Jay has. So after the match, Cargill hits the pump kick on Jay. Chris Statlander came in to make the save, and then out of nowhere. Athena made her AEW debut to a massive reaction. And then we get those three women standing across the baddies in Stokely. So, yeah. Um, let's Please put that match go. on Rampage, by the way. Please do. <laughs> if they run this... Oh, but dude. Oh, man. That... I don't, are they going to put Jade in a trios match where she loses? Oof. I mean, she's... This is where you start getting crazy. You gotta break the streak at some point. You gotta break it. And ah man, Athena gets the pin, but not on Jay. But Jay loses the streak to break it. No, here's here's how you do this, and this is perfect. This totally fits Jade's character. Jade doesn't get pinned, and then she just goes with the "I have never been pinned" thing. 
hey, that might be the route. That might be the route. So, I mean, needless to say, we're both really excited for Athena. I mean, she talked she- about taking a match that if you had just done this match without all the stuff at the end, it would have been great, but it wouldn't have felt as important. And you just add all this just stuff in it. The future challenger and Statlander, the, you know, which, but we're also going to get teeing up of another few with Red Velvet, Athena's debut, the debut of Stokely. I mean, it's like, it's just like everything on the show felt segment. so massive, you know? Yeah. Taking a segment that didn't have much hype going into it and going out of it with a lot more excitement. That's what you want to do. And they fucking did that. Poof. Now we're going to jump into my personal favorite match of the night. Is it still yours or did one top it? Um, let me, let me just go through the list really quickly. And that is the uh, House of Black versus Yeah, I Death think the main event took it from me. But... Okay, okay. So this was my favorite match of the night for just – I mean I could the, – the reasons could go on. Every this, – this was perfect. The, the buildup has been a long time coming. We had some bumps in the road. But oh my god, Garrett, did they fucking deliver. Whether it was Pac and Buddy Matthews in the ring. Whether it was Phoenix and Malachi Black. Brody King getting all these big spots. Every, there was not a fucking second of, of wasted time. This was a 15 and a half minute match. And then it's, it's still going batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Julia Blackheart comes her debut as this new character the eye is revealed mm-hmm. she spits the black mist on pack black hits the black mass on pack for the pinfall win he also hit a black mass on ray phoenix a little bit before this that i'm not kidding it was the sickest fucking transition of that move i've ever seen yeah it's just ray phoenix there's something so special about him and he's just mm-hmm. got to be the best at taking moves and that's just a part of him that makes it so special. And his repertoire of offense is so ridiculous too. So again, yeah. like it's that countering thing. He can literally take anything and go into anything. We've seen him do such ridiculous stuff, you know? That's why for him to just be in these six-man tags gives such an opportunity to do crazy fucking shit. <laughs> Absolutely. And all six of these guys – see, I saw some people saying, you know, who cares about the result of this match? It's like, okay, yeah, there's no title on the line. But at the end of the day, I personally do care about who wins this because they actually are going to do something with them. I We're going to see how like the Black the move on. Freaking Ring of Honor tag team title contenders or something like that would be, that would make sense. Like you got another tag team title set. Yeah, and, you know, and this is big, man, because the House of Black. I mean, they haven't lost as a trio. We know those titles are coming. They've actually they've been made for God knows how long. For all we know, they might have been made for two years already, and Tony just hasn't found the right time. But when you watch this match, how the... This is what six-man tag team wrestling has the potential to be. And I think putting it like that is is the highest mark of, like... I I, I don't know. I guess the highest mark of, like, success I could give it. Like, to me, this is the benchmark. If you... This is the... This is the ceiling. Like, this is how good you can make these six-man tag matches. They they don't have to be just, you know, long, drawn-out commercial breaks. You don't have to take your time in the beginning building it. They built this for fucking six months, it feels like. <laughs> All right, so I've got a question for you. 
Yeah, go ahead. Does this get into the contention to potentially dethrone Kenny and Hangman versus the Bucks as the best tag match in AEW's history? It's got to be up there. It, if it's, it's not there, number- but that was another one that had such a good story going into it. I think this is the best six-man tag. I, 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 okay. I'll sleep on that, but I think as of right now, post-pay-per-view, just way too motherfucking tired. That's where I'm <laughs> no, at. No, I mean, now. I don't know if it's the best, but it's definitely up there. It's got to be in the top five. Like, this this rivals that PWG six-man tag with fucking Osprey, Seidel, Ricochet, the Bucks, and who else was in it? So There was one other guy in it that I'm blanking, Adam Cole. I mean, this this rivals that. I mean, that to me, that's still my favorite six-man tag ever, but it's, it's, it's got to be close. If you guys have seen that match, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I've waxed Repsonic about this, Garrett. What else? <laughs> Any other I was just letting you spit. Match. You were going, so I was just letting you go. Yeah, so this match was awesome, dude. It started off like really cool. Like two of the people that started off in the ring, I was just like, oh, this is going to be brutal, was Ray Phoenix and Malachi Black. <laughs> and they started off with a sequence of one-upping each other, and it was really cool. And that really stopped or like started the pace really hot, which was really fast throughout the, uh, the entirety of the match. I think Brody uh, absolutely caved in. Pox chest a couple of different times. That guy, that's um, a tough son of a bitch. Dude, I don't know how that man's alive. Um, he took the mist at the end too, brutal. But anyway, um, that man's gonna have no eyes by the end of this. But um, so many flips. There was a sequence where there was like I think six or seven flips and topes like back to back to back to back, and there was just like no way you could keep up with all of it. There was a Canadian destroyer onto the apron. That was insane. Um, it was like that I was think, another uh, spot, dude. Good reminder there. Oh my god, that was incredible. Yeah, I think like uh, I think what was it? Penta flipped over Ray Phoenix or v- vice versa, like on to the into the Canadian Destroyer to I think yeah. might have been a buddy or something Phoenix like that, pack, dude. It just it felt like it was constant with what they were doing. And I and I put this in my notes. I think this is one thousand percent a match of the year candidate. Um, Agreed. Agreed. It, I know we're early. Well, we're not that early. No, we're about halfway through the year now. Yeah. And so this this is probably like the halfway mark of the year's match of the year candidate, I would say, other than something that might come out of like New Japan or something like that. But like I think for AEW, AEW it's up there right now. Is this the best AEW match this year so far? Is this the best match so far that we've seen? Can you think of anything that outdoes this? Like <laughs> that's happened this think, year. I mean, we got we got some that are really good. I, I, Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes, I know a lot of yeah, people. That's probably the best match so far, and I think this is like right up there. I don't know if it's above it or not. Like, get we can sleep on it, but and again, this was a fucking fifteen minute match. This wasn't like some forty minute match that we're talking about. This is literally that fast paced and that intense. But it works with the story that they've built. Yeah, bro, they had to have an oxygen tank in the back half of this. The pace literally never slowed down for like even a second. It was crazy. Yeah, and uh, that being said, yeah, let's uh, let's go on to the next year. So let's jump into the Owen Hart uh, Foundation Tournament Finals. First, we yeah. had Samoa Joe and Adam Cole, and I'm going to let you take the lead here. Yeah, we had Joe, 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 Joe versus Adam Cole, baby. Bye-bye. Um, and, uh, so Joe is still being treated like a monster throughout the the majority of this match, which I like, you know, they're maintaining that continuity across everything. Um, Cole did a little bit of running away, but I think they were all like, I think they both were like, you know what, Adam, 
we, we, we saw MJF do that already. Let's do something different. So um, there was a nice spot, um, <clears throat> excuse me, where Adam Cole um, uh, like hit a super kick and then it was countered into a power bomb, which I did not. I, that was pretty cool. That's just smart. Again, Joe just has that thing where you can just counter anything and everything, you know, like, and uh, <laughs> the ending sequence of this match, I actually really liked. It was like a repeated super kicks and then a boom drop, just absolutely decimating this big man. You know, Adam, Adam Cole basically cut down the tree that is Samoa Joe. That he, you know, he ran through the brick wall, as I like to send to you all the time. Um, and it's great. I, it's great. And I think this match did what it, I think it's in a vacuum, this match, if I were to watch it back without having just watched Death Triangle versus House of Black, I think I would actually like this match a lot more. I maybe would even have noticed some more about it, but it's just hard to follow that match on this show. Um, and yeah. in, in a way of booking the match, I think in a booking terms, like of the show, it is a good one to follow because it's such a change of pace, right? But like you said, in a vacuum, it's hard to kind of just take what we just watched and then. Yeah. But for booking wise, I think this was a the right result too. Oh, absolutely. Now, I, 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 it's what I predicted. And it's because Adam Cole really hasn't won anything since he's gotten to AEW. You know, he's got some. He's, yeah, dude. And now he's the fucking first winner. And cool belts, by the way, was I not expecting a belt. Uh, that was pretty neat. Yeah, it's just like a trophy, but it's it looked really cool. So, but I this mean, was I, a you know. this was a great pace. I don't think the Bobby Fish thing was needed at all, but whatever. I'm glad they didn't bring uh, Dutt Singh and uh, Lethal because they yep. were literally banned in the graphic. Like we don't need them. Let's let's. I not mean, try. it was banned from ringside. Doesn't necessarily mean they couldn't run out after the bell. Yeah, I mean, you know. But whatever, it, it, we didn't need it. It was it was better to end it the way that it did, you know. Also, Adam Cole's gear. I didn't write this in my notes. Adam Cole, excuse me, Adam Cole and Britt Baker's gear both uh, looked pretty cool. Um, yeah, they were the ones rocking the pink gear, and they both won. So, hmm. but yeah, this was a a twelve and a half minute match. I, I think this should the Owen finals have gotten more time than that? Maybe, but I mean, it was just, they just, you know, had like 15 yeah. minutes of nonstop action. It was a hard decision to make, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, uh, what I'll say here is I don't think this will be the best match. These two ever have, if they wrestle again, that being said, it was Agreed. still good. So, and they still, they still wrestled fun. They still wrestled a, a, a well-paced match for it being a slower match. But yeah, I mean, I like battle of the NXT champion, who's the greatest NXT champion of all time. You know, it's kind yeah. of what was almost decided. And, here. and like you, like you said, this was a great finish of the super kicks and then the boom. That was like a certified stamp. Like here you go, GG. So Doctor Britt Baker DMD versus Ruby Soho. Rancid sang Ruby Soho's theme. Baker had the Fozzy guitarist do hers. Holy shit, Ruby Soho didn't win this. Yeah, what the hell? Whoa, that, uh, I don't know, man. I, I get, look, is it a a pat on the back for Britt Baker? Like, hey, you know what? You have earned the title as like being the most over women's wrestler we had last year. You know, probably even the most over wrestler at some points. Enjoy, this is, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of speechless when it comes to this because the story, as we've mentioned a few times tonight, the story felt like, why wouldn't Ruby win this? Exactly. The match kicked ass, though. Let me say that right now. 
all four matches featuring women tonight I thought were really good. And Ruby and Britt, they, there's something here, man. I, I almost wish yeah, absolutely. we could jump into a feud here now, you know? I mean, you could. I mean, there's Brit. You know, winning the Owen doesn't. You know, mean you have to go win and get a title shot or anything. You know. Oh, um, definitely not. No, no, no. Yeah, we can't. But so the end of the match, uh, Soho hit her her no future kick. This was after Baker tried to go for the lockjaw, and she then hit the no future, followed by the sharpshooter. It's like, oh, here, what a great finish! You know, this is an awesome way to do it. She locked it in even deeper. Baker gets the rope break. She got her in the victory roll, but Britt turned the roll around for the first pinfall combination and got the win. So, <laughs> yeah, Adam Cole, Britt Baker, your winners. Um, what else did you think about this? This uh, the result and a yeah. match. So it was cool. Something they said on commentary was like that Ruby having the slightly bigger entrance kind of put the momentum back in her corner, and they might have purposefully put this as the way they started the match because Britt immediately went after and started slowing the momentum down to try and get that momentum back, which is just great fucking storytelling in the ring. Um, and uh, the, we got our first, uh, it might not have been the first, but it's the first one I wrote in my notes about the dueling chance of uh, DMD and uh, you know something with the Ruby Soho, obviously. Um and I, I can't remember off the top of my head. They had a really clean superplex that I really liked. Um, which it looked like they were gonna. People were like, maybe they should just ban superplexes for a while, man. People were almost dying on them, but um, but it looked really clean when they actually hit it. They were trading. They did the uh the, the, the I'm gonna call it the NXT thing where because I don't remember where else I would see this. I mean, I guess this is a wrestling thing, but like just trading back and forth the blows in the middle of the ring, like a la Sami Zayn, you know, and uh. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. God, that match. I want to go back. We should go back and watch that match. It was so good. But anyway, um, <laughs> that was with okay. So no jokes aside, for those of you who don't know, that was one of the that might have been the match that got me back into wrestling. Like no joke. Like, um, oh, so good. So what's kind of cool yeah. is as we're recording this, the media scrum is happening. I'm gonna listen to that once it gets posted because all the usually it'll be posted by so, the end of the night. Yeah, so if we get any like breaking news from it, I guess we can just slide it in here. Maybe the first podcast with it. I guess uh, Punk's kind of joking and to himself, like, "Yeah, I'm never gonna try the buckshot lariat again." We'll get into that, but <laughs> at least he Ain't knows. He, man. He you knows. fucked up. You fucked up. Worth the heart presenting these awards. Uh, I thought, kudos to Tony for bringing her out and letting her get this time to speak. It was so nice, man, and mm-hmm. it was a nice change of pace. We just went back to back fucking intense matches to let's take a chill break. Let's go. Let's go six minutes. Let's let Martha get some time. Let's get a little emotional. And yeah, I thought that was a nice little presentation. I actually really enjoyed the presentation of that. Just before we move on, something we talked about in our um, back and forth that I think you just kind of moved over a little bit. Um, Do you think Ruby's turning heel out of this? I, I want to hope maybe, but at the same time, I felt like tonight was her best night as a babyface, right? Right. She did everything. And this is what I also wrote right before that in my notes. She got to show her, like, entire arsenal in this match. And, like... It was so bad for her. Now that she didn't win, and, like, it's starting to set in, man, I'm like, damn. Oh, it hit me as soon as she got pinned. I was like, are you Ruby, serious? Man. I was like, what is you? What are you going to do with this? Like... Because you, you don't lose and then go try and challenge Jade. It's not how this works. Uh, <laughs> I guess 
Oh man! Especially when you just had Statlander hit the ring. Like if, if anything, Stat or maybe Athena should get a title shot at that title because I don't know maybe form a legit tag team with Ruby and someone. I, I mean, I know there's no women's tag titles, but still, you could Ruby and Athena would be a cool tag team. Yeah, just maybe they'll have to figure something out. But Ruby hey, and Jay, I would love it if they like, started their own faction. Ruby and Jay actually worked decently well together, didn't they? Uh, for a little bit, yeah, like it worked out pretty well. So let's jump into the mixed tag. Yeah, which Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Paige Van Zant debut versus Frankie Kazarian, Sam Guevara, and Ty Conti, and Paige Van Zant debuted some new music, and the guy we reference on this podcast, Righteous Reg, recorded the vocals on the fucking song. That's so damn cool because he's just uh, Righteous Reg is that dude. So it's I, I got pretty stoked when he when he pointed that out, and I was like, no fucking way. And to do over Paige Van Zant, the UFC fighter coming over that's going to get attention anyways, good for him. And there's another a Mikey Ruckus track. So Mikey Ruckus, I think he's AEW's go-to guy for music. And he's crushing it. So I got no complaints. Same. This match um, surprised the hell out of me. This was so much fun. I think the match would be good. I remember saying this to you last week. The match is going to be good. All the participants, and even if Van Zant sucks, she'll be able to be carried to a good match. I was like, just worried it was going to be hokey, and like it was a little bit hokey. I mean, let's be honest. Like, yeah, there was but some. I guess in the sense of like, you know, it was going to be six minutes. I wrote down the hokey stuff. Don't worry. It was going to be we'll six minutes. It. it was just really going to be focused on Paige Van Zant kind of pinning Ty Conti. That was kind of what I, my original fear was. I was like, well, this is just going to kind of feature that. Hell no. Frankie loved saying son of a bitch. We need a son of a bitch counter for Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> that, that got me. Uh, Ethan Page just wanted to brutalize Sammy Guevara. was great. This was, I've been waiting for this. That I don't know awesome. how to describe this other than this was a good time. This was a good time to me. So, uh, yeah, what else did you think? I, I, thought, I also thought Paige Van Zandt did a perfectly fine job in her debut. Yeah, agreed. Um, we got a tiny, tiny hint. Tiny hint of intergender wrestling. Please book it, Tony. Anyway, um, he, he can hear me. I know you're listening. Just give me one. Start it off with Statlander versus. Just give me rematch. Just, just give me Serena Deep versus Brian Danielson. Just give it to me. Give me what I want. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, the couple of things popped me in this match. Um, one was Paige Van Zandt. She looked awesome. Uh, the other thing was uh, uh the nut shot from uh, the 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 headbutt to the nuts from Ty Conti. That was uh, that was great. Um, oh yeah. And then following that, Sammy super kicking Ty. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, she's had that one coming for a while, but um, <laughs> oh, got such a good reaction too. Sammy's face was great. This is how you know it's still like, dude. Sammy, is yeah, you fucked up, chairs. That was great. Yeah, he's gonna be uh, on the couch tonight. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, and uh, it's, you know, it sounds like later on in the show, I'm sure we'll get to it. You know, um, Paige is looking for a new challenger now. So I mean, we'll get to who that is, but that's looking that, pretty that, good. You know, so yes, yeah, looking good for Paige. Paige, and Paige Van Zandt picking up the dub. And then we jump team into the Paige. fast. Are they team? Do we do they recruit a a, a pissed off Adam Cole and just start team Page? Um. Yes, and then actually pick up the Page. <laughs> <laughs> just that would be insane, bro. The Page faction when he's finally Page done faction. with American Top Team. Oh, that's the Page great. faction. They're just known as Paper. All right, moving on. My bad. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen 
this was a sub ten minute match, and the pace was all the signed authors of pain. We are now the book. Anyway, um, <laughs> God damn it. That's where, and that's when Peter Avalon steps in back as the librarian. Fuck oh shit! The librarians are the ones that organized the book. Oh no! It's way All too right, late. We just booked an indie faction. All right. Anyway, place. sorry. We just booked a PWG ten man main event. All right. Um. So D- Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen, man, uh, you you take the lead on this one because what the fuck was this, this match game? made about as much sense to happen as what we were just talking about? Um. <laughs> totally didn't need to have this match on the card. But uh, you know what? It was good though. I mean, it was a good match. Glad I mean, it was there. Uh, me, I'm with you. How long was the match? Do we know? Like nine minutes fifty seconds. It felt way shorter than that though. Oh yeah, I mean, it, you know, the pace up again. Um, Darby took a really nasty spill on a tope at one point. Um, yeah. Oof. But I mean, hey, you know, then they, t- they, I think they were trying to hit that spot where it was countered to the submission, and maybe just Darby just mistimed it or something. He's messed up some moves before, and it's you know, it's just how it is sometimes, you know. But um, uh, you know, whatever. It's 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 part of it. Um, bro, what you just sent me on Twitter, I'm so glad when we get to that, it's gonna be crazy. But, um, anyway, um, so yeah, there was a really, really nice, um, knee strike that I think was what rocked Darby really early. And he was still a little dazed from that when he hit the tope. Um, yeah, that, so I actually missed that the first time and I caught it back on, uh, I was like searching Twitter. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta fucking see what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. That was ugly. But yeah, he took a knee straight to the nose. Um, I saw it when it happened, and I was like, "Bro, damn!" Like he had to chill for a second. Like they almost stopped the match. I think like that was bad. Um, Did that coffin drop on the rope. Yeah, the coffin drop while he's tied up in the ropes. That was just nasty. Oof. Um. So is this the biggest win that O'Reilly's had so far? Yeah, uh, man. What's next for him? Because. He's not just getting singles matches. He's TN, former TNT champion. He just pinned. You know what I mean? Like, kind of turning into a single star, and that just elevates the undisputed elite and Red Dragon. Look, I know some people don't like Kyle O'Reilly matches, and it's I can't. Bobby Fish versus Stick. No, I'm just kidding. Dude, send it. The oldest I, man. I enjoy combined Kyle age of hundred. You know, honestly, who I'd like to see him face next? Who? What if he runs into Andrade and Roosh? I could see it. So It'd be a hell of a debut for Rouge. Yeah. Um, hey man, surprising result here for me, honestly. I, I thought this was Darby all the way. Yeah, it's just giving Darby a big win on the pay-per-view or something, but you know, it did you know what? It was a surprising result. It just didn't need to go one way or the other, because neither guy really like the gimmick was he's pissed that he did this thing to sting, and so he wants revenge. It's like, all right. It's like, yeah, well, why didn't we have this on Dynamite? Okay. Anyways, moving on. Like, no, this is more like a Rampage match, let's be honest. This is a Rampage main event, you know what I mean? That, the way it fucking was paced, too. I mean, holy shit, that was easy. You, you imagine the pre-match promo they would cut with Mark Henry? Oh, my God. But anyway. So, <laughs> let's jump into... I'm trying to make sure I don't skip something. No, I think yeah, man, let's jump into the most technical wrestling match of the night. And that's Serena D versus Thunder Rosa. This was Absolutely. fucking technical fucking wrestling fest it started that way which is what i thought it should too like it started off really hot that way too the combination like, of styles each of these each of these women bring and shout out thunder rosa's gear it looked fucking great by the way was that a naomi reference I, I think? hey man it it felt like it maybe it's just similar maybe we're but, just reading into it because of that story but 
But I gotta say that gear was beautiful. And this match, we knew it, we knew the match would be good because the reality is the the way that they wrestle, it's t- totally up our alley. And yeah, man, I'm gonna. Uh, what what did you think about this one? Really, really enjoyed this. Um, this might have been the best women's match of the night. Um, I'd match agree. Featured women or whatever, you know. Um, and it uh, there was this really nice submission that Serena Deeb hit while like she was tied up in the in the corner a little bit. That was really cool. Yes. Um, and, and dude, my, you know what? It's, you know that story. I feel like they were telling in this match. I feel like part of what they kept going back to, she kept doing things that she had done to previous people. I feel like this was like Serena Deeb's demons coming back to haunt her in the form of Thunder Rosa, who has the sort of Darby Allen sting sort of thing going on. So that kind of fits, you know, like I I feel like that's the vibe I was getting throughout the course of this match. And, and I gotta say, I'm with you here. I dude. Oh man. This is one of those matches that, they gave them all the time in the world. It was just a tick under 17 minutes. And they fucking earned it, dude. I, I just hope now people look at the match and kind of forget the build. Because we kind of talked briefly. Yeah, how could you remember it? There wasn't a build. <laughs> yeah. That they Not much had, to forget. They had just weird promos. And let's run this back. Right? Let's let's do this again. because Agreed. This time, let's make it more personal and let's let's get some more matches. And you don't Do have we to have another Grand Slam like event line? before, like the next pay per view because it'd be a great place to put it. Um, yeah, I mean, we got Forbidden Door coming up, and I know after that. Well, I mean, is there like a between now? I guess between now and Forbidden Door, is there like? Do you think they'll do a show? Because they, they could do a, like a, maybe not like a show that's like titled like that, but they could do like a big time dynamite like a couple weeks yeah. out where they put some of the titles on the main not going to be on Forbidden right? Door. Because I don't know if the women's title or the tag. T- I don't know if certain titles will be on the line. <clears throat> excuse me, at Forbidden Door. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and maybe some of the main ones, but not all of them. You know, we have um, no idea where Blood and Guts is at right now. Yeah. Right, because Forbidden Door really that was in that May back, of last right? year, so that could be that could be anytime soon. I don't know. Is that a TV event? I mean, if that is a TV event, yeah, then they yeah, could it's, a, it's a dynamite. It's a dynamite. Bro, that would be a freaking awesome main event for Blood and Guts: Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa in like a lights out match or something like. Exactly, and then you can run the Blood and Guts match with the Appreciation Society, and there you go. Oof, there you go. Oh, yeah, I mean. The closing sequence here, Deeb put on the Texas Cloverleaf. Rose, Rosa reaches the ropes. Rosa hits Deeb with a big roundhouse kick. Then they're hitting each other with massive haymakers. They they both are on the top rope. Rosa hits Deeb with the superplex. And then Rosa ends up by hitting the Fire Thunder Driver to retain the AEW Women's World Championship. I'm loving her. I'm I'm honestly loving her feud her uh her her run so far. Yes. Good matches. And let's let's go on to the next. It's kind of like the uh, Lucha Bros tag team title. Where all the matches were really good, but like it wasn't really a lot. In the, the feuds way haven't builds. been beautiful, but the yeah. matches have made up for it, and especially this one. Any guesses or just off the top of your head who who could be next based on where the stories are at? Um, if they don't run it right back. Um, yeah, if they don't run it right back. Hmm. If you turn Ruby heel. Hey, dude. Hey, I'm cool with that. Um, be interesting. Although maybe you want to work that a little bit before you get Let's there. See, the rankings um, were Serena Deep at one, Nyla two was obviously not going to be Nyla, Anna J three, yeah. but that was to challenge Jade, Tony Storm, and Chris Statlander are four and five. 
Maybe Tony. I mean, if Stat doesn't if the Stat doesn't start feuding with Velvet, maybe or maybe Velvet, maybe post Velvet, because that gives you time to have this run back. Even yeah, you could um, run this back, and then if not this, maybe run Tony Storm in here. Yeah, I mean, Tony Storm did lose big profile match in the tournament, and you know we saw Ruby do a similar thing where she's not going to win the title, but you know, getting the title shot is enough, you know, to be like, oh, big star, you know. So uh, maybe it'd be interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'll be fun to watch. So let's jump. I don't even know how to talk about the next match. Um, this, this was insane. The anarchy in the arena match, and holy fuck. Did they live up to that name? I can't believe it. This, we got to start it off with the music thing. <laughs> it just kept repeating the fucking song. And it's so good. Did it go the whole time or did it end at one point? I can't remember. Yeah, Jericho unplugged the music. <laughs> it's awesome. Someone said he was just going to let it play the whole match. Someone said that was the most babyface thing he did all night. <laughs> he was like, all right, it was cool for the first five minutes, but you should have cut it off at some point. There's a hundred different spots we could go to. They're probably going to be out of order, but let's let's hit some of the stuff that we loved here the most. Um, Eddie Kingston, uh, real quick, the promo before this was fucking brilliant. They just aired it on the buy-in. But... Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia, they, they traveled <laughs> around the arena, dude. He they went in a fucking one, freight elevator. He, I thought they were lost forever in there. They might have been the TVA, dude. They might have came and fucking got him, and he was dragging him around his fucking throat with a belt. Oh, my God. That was so metal. <laughs> <laughs> edgy, edgy Daniel Garcia. I love it. Um I, yeah, no. There's, there's, by the way, that's a know, lo- lovely nod to the little feud they had a little while back, by the way. I don't um, even know where to go from this. I mean, Matt Menard was, was fucking bloody all over the place. And they got stabbed Ortiz. by a fork. Yes, it's Ed and Ortiz. They went for the big old ladder spot on those guys. Danielson Santana was – Before that, though, was Santana had like flipped over the top rope and had a blockbuster on Jake Hager through the tables. Oh, my God. That was insane. Dude, guys, it, it if <laughs> – this is going to be one of those matches that the rewatch value is. I don't remember who hit this, but there was a pile driver on the steel steps at one point. Yes, yes. Uh, Danny Garcia hit it. I can't remember who he hit it on. It might have been on Ortiz or something like that. Like It was somebody who was just near the ring at the time. Um, oh, it was so fucking good, too. But The yeah. angle wasn't perfect, but I'm sure they have a good angle of it. You know what I mean? Like... <sighs> So many good like, one-on-ones here, but I think the story here is Hager attacks Danielson with a bat, takes him out from behind. Hager begins choking Danielson, but Jericho puts in the walls of Jericho, and Danielson ends up knocking out. He gets KO. Eddie Kingston was going to burn somebody alive. Yes. Um, oh, how could I forget the gasoline? Perhaps the greatest image in the history of AEW is Eddie Kingston, bloody, covered in mustard, covered in ketchup. Walking out with gasoline, and he puts it on Jericho, and then he also starts getting it on Danielson. And Danielson straight stands up and punches him in his shit. He's like, "What the fuck, man?" Yo, he straight clocked him, and then trying to burn Danielson alive too. And there's no way Kingston didn't hit him back because Danielson legit connected him in the jaw, and I bet that pissed him off. He might not already like the guy, like that, like shoot, might not like the guy, so. 
where do we go from here, Garrett? I mean, oh, I mean, it's. I think it's obvious. I think you run the feud since you don't have Wheeler right now anyway. You run Eddie Kingston versus Ryan Danielson, and you have Moxley in the middle trying to make his two friends like each other, and maybe in the same way that Moxley and Kingston once they had had their big title match could become friends. You know, I think. I think a similar thing here, you know, I think Danielson it earns the respect of Kingston through blood, you know, because um, yeah. that's what the Blackpool Combat Club does. And maybe Eddie joins. I mean, could Eddie, could, I'm going to ask you this, after all this, would you want Eddie and um, and the, and Santana and Ortiz to join, to join up with that faction or to just go off and do their own thing? Because I don't know. Yeah, I would think I'd rather have them do their own thing. Will they become a faction finally? Finally. Um, right? And bringing Diamante, fuck's sake, man. She is so good, but is now is Diamante like the dark female wrestler? Like, is she ever, like, she has had like one singles match on TV in the last like three Even months. Her, dude, we often talk about how they have feuds only on dark. Her and Big Swole had such a fun feud that was only on dark, and it blows my mind that they didn't like culminate that on the fucking Dynamite or, or Rampage, but whatever. Moving on from this, we have a promo with Andrade announcing that he has a new business partner, and it is none other than ROH champion, former ROH champion, and his real-life best friend, Roosh. I mean, dude. How to keep Andrade happy. And and also, how to elevate Andrade even more. Because we, one of the first things we said after Punk won the title, well, assuming he was going to win it, was who could be one of his challengers? We both were like Andrade, kind of fits that bill. Absolutely, yeah, so he just fits perfect. Always taken seriously. I so I I'm always interested because and I was looking into this. This guy's not signed anywhere right now. I don't think. No, nope. so he's just going to be on AEW's roster. This is going to yeah. be pretty. Yeah, crazy. He was an ROH like, guy, I believe, in the past two years. So, and before that, he was one of the. Uh, Mex- uh, corporations in Mexico. I just don't know which one. Yeah, I, I, I looked at what it was. It was like Lucha Libre, something or other. So, but like, I don't. But yeah, no. I mean, I'm excited to see where the AFO go. Like, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, hopefully, they don't just you know lose all the time. He like finally acknowledged that they always lose. Like, and he's so tired of it. Fix that. And he fucking should be because you have some great talent. There. I want him to go on TV and smack Isaiah Cassidy in the mouth. That's what I want him to do. I wouldn't mind him firing someone. Like, keep the butcher and the blade and the bunny. Fire and helico. There you go. And embarrass him. Like, have a fucking nasty firing that turns him into a baby face. Because let's be honest, even just the stuff Angelico's been doing on Dark the last couple of months could get him signed somewhere else. Like, Well, yeah, and you could turn him into a baby face by having, like, Andrade... Oh, that's true. You could, yeah, you could oh, make him embarrass like, him to where people have him a, rooting. Dude, Angelico's a perfect guy to have, like heels coming up on their runs to like win. you know how Dolph Ziggler was constantly that guy yeah that people would just beat like to do that with yeah. with Angelico I, I I hope he sticks around so that was cool man this this was fun this was a nice little surprise too because uh he just got married so I was not expecting to see him on the show and then we get another yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure they knew about that it could have worked it out yeah god they must have filmed this a minute ago too so cool it was a secret and it never got out anywhere. This was a legit surprise. So it was Athena. So I was really so yeah. Every, every surprise on this show was pretty much it was kept a secret. Yeah. Stokely was glad. a secret too. Yeah. So Dante Martin challenges TNT champion Scorpio Sky for a match for the title. Bro, 
Dante's I, our boy, man. It sucks that Dante's not going to be able to win this, but so glad. This is the second title shot in like six months that this kid has gotten. It is incredible. Like, and well deserved. <laughs> beyond so i think he's been the most he's going to probably be the most improved wrestler of this year i mean without a question like um and that's with jade like leading the pack right now i think he catches her and i think he surpasses her especially like if he goes on to win a championship of some kind um which i think may have been in the cards for him and darius potentially you know um but, I would like to think so, man. I mean, they were giving those guys some good pushes. I mean, Darius was getting all those big spots and matches, even though we know Dante is probably between the two of them overall, probably because of his experience now better. But I mean, you know, um, yeah, just, I'm so excited to see that. And I hope we get that on uh, Dynamite. Uh, it'd be awesome. But we might get on Rampage. But it'd be cool. And that being said, the AEW Tag Team Championship match Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland versus Team Taz and Jurassic Express. We both predicted new cha- new winners. Titles retained. So, yeah. Uh, what, what did you what did you think about this match? Pace was really hot from the start. Definitely. Um, Keith Lee beat a man with another man. That um, was a great. Yeah, smashing Jungle Boy into Lucha. Yep. Yep. And. Um, Oh, Swerve hit a backflip off of Keith Lee's chest. Oh, that was fucking awesome. Spot. They're going to be a great tag team. Like, people were kind of, I think, sleeping on, like, because they weren't really doing a whole lot of tag team offense. They were saving it for this match, man. Like, and I don't blame them. Um, I can't believe the crowd was still alive for this match, dude. What? The energy of this stadium was just unbelievable. Like, and shout out to those guys, man. Fucking, you guys help make the pay-per-view that much better. There's just crazy spot after crazy spot. Keith Lee cleared the top rope. Dude. What the fuck? He also did his, oh my god. <laughs> did that. I, I love when he busts that out. And it actually came after a Ricky Starks. God, man, I, I got a little scary. Uh, Looks like Ricky Starks missed time something and fucking kind of took a pretty hard fall outside. And you always worry about him in that neck. Yeah, absolutely. What'd you think of the result here with uh, Jurassic Express retaining? So if you're doing Hardy's versus Jurassic Express, yeah, I mean, okay. which I mean, which it doesn't seem like they're doing because they're in a 10 man tag with them. So, I, you know, but maybe that's where you start the, the, the seeds. I don't know. But if we're if we're putting the tag titles in the Hardy's like we seem to think we are, um, then I guess it makes sense. But um I don't know. I was really hoping to see, you know, a couple of title changes tonight just because, like, you know, shake up the landscape a little bit. Things are starting to get a little bit. Like, there's a couple of champions. We were like, okay, it's time. But I guess uh, maybe it's not quite time. Maybe he wants to see where this where this goes. I don't know. I, I, I'm i not quite sure where to go with, with Jurassic Express from here other than maybe Hardy's, but I'm not quite sure beyond that. Yeah, maybe like, Hardy's, maybe still Red Dragon. I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the route. Maybe FTR. Yeah, because they're going up against Undisputed Elite, so that would that would seem to make sense, and that seemed to be the way they were leaning before the pay-per-view build, which suddenly changed to these other two teams, which I wasn't against, but it just seems like They would have ran it back, so I don't know. I, You know, it's one of those things – Especially, but even so, it did seem like that's where they were leaning, you know. So yeah, <laughs> but I'm with you, man. I think 
after a night where we've had just some insane fast-paced matches, this continued it, and we had great spots in it. Uh, the big hosses in the middle, all three of them, we were waiting for that spot. That finally happened. Oh. <laughs> See all of them together. I jokingly, you were asking, you were mentioning on the prediction show that we did that Luchasaurus usually gets his big in-ring spot. <clears throat> This was not that big spot. He had a he had a sequence right before this that I would argue was probably that sequence was his big spot. But I said it would be awesome if both Keith Lee and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs were in the ring fighting, and Luchasaurus popped up and hit them both with a tail whip. And I don't know if he like listens to our show or something, but he did that. So <laughs> it was so fucking yeah, dude. But it popped the shit out of me, so I just had to. I had to take. I had to note that really quickly. Uh, and so I'm yeah. a wizard. Uh, I'm the wizard of predicting production. A real wrestling. wizard. So, yeah, Starks hits the Rochambeau on Jungle Boy to kind of set up our finisher here. Hobbs then hit the Spinebuster on Luchasaurus. Swerve got Hobbs and the Swerve Stomp beautifully done. Luchasaurus kicked Jungle Boy by accident, which made me think, okay, here we go. Which led to Swerve and Lee hitting Swerve, Swerve in their glory for a near fall. Starks hit Lee with the FTW Championship. Starks tried to hit Jungle Boy with the title, but Cage pulled him out of the ring. Jurassic Express hit the Thoracic Express for the pinfall win. Cage kind of got in here a couple times. Yeah, I feel like Jungle Boy is going to get upset that he's constantly getting involved. Um, and it's going to like... That I is just going to be going down to when those two eventually feud, you're going to have these references here where he's like, you're just I. What if that's how they lose the titles to the Hardy? Is they start feuding in the background, and Could he's be. like, "No, I know how to beat the Hardys. I've been against the Hardys a million times." Which that was way that sounded way too much like Christian. Anyway, um, but and then he's like, "No, fuck you. We're, I know how to win," or something like that. You know, like I don't know, like he's like, hey, "Fuck off, we're winning." Exactly. All right, you sound tired, so let's get to the main event. Let's jump into this main event. AEW World Championship match. Also, I want to get the time on that one. There's a 17 minute match. Oh, so, absolutely. And the uh, the Anarchy in the Arena was 22:45. So we have a 25 minute main event match. And Garrett, I gotta say, just to start us off here, this felt like a big time match. I was glued. I was I was literally glued to to all of their little movements and all their just little. Mm-hmm subtle things yeah the subtlety of it all so i guess uh, the spectacle of the match really worked for me and i you could feel the tension in the room because i think everyone kind of had the same feeling man Mm -hmm. what did you think of the match overall i i mean i i said it before this was my favorite match of the night um there was a lot of storytelling in this match oh my god Um, yeah at the very beginning of the match, Punk was doing some small things that you mentioned. So, like little digs against Punk, uh, sorry, against Page to try and get him upset, leaning into him on the ropes, not breaking cleanly, upsetting him as much as possible. Then they started this game of one-upsmanship. It was like Punk was trying to lure Hangman into like a trap or something, which was what he was trying to do throughout the course of this match. Every time after that that he hit a big move, it was costing him more and more. And it was like it was like the health bars in a video game, you know. Hangman yes, is barely being chipped, being chipped away at. And every time he hits a big move now, it takes a little bit more away from himself. And it's like there were so many like close near falls and it built the drama of the match like perfectly like i 
Yeah, man. Like I feel like CM Punk is like a genius, like a mad, uh, a mad scientist of professional wrestling. Like he may be like, you know, how we talk about Jericho like that. Like, I feel like he might be like that too. I'm just throwing that out there. Like this match was incredible. Um, yeah, dude. And uh, they just played off each other so well. And the, the ideas of hangman hitting the GTS punk attempting to hit the buck shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't really work. Yeah, out. He's not going to um, do that again. And you know, punk's the kind of guy he laughed about it. And you know, so hangman, Accidentally kicked the ref when he uh, was put into the GTS spot, or maybe vice versa, either way. And he grabbed the title, kind of, you heard some booze going on. You're like, uh oh, is this it? Is this how you get him to retain? You have him turn heel on Punk and just straight beat the shit out of him with the title real quick while the ref's mm-hmm. not looking? We've seen this before with him in the Adam Cole feud, but it didn't cost him the title. We saw this before with the Lance Archer match. But it didn't cost him the title. He went against being the bad guy, you know, being the heel, put the title down, got hit with a GTS, and lost the fucking match. That is some long term storytelling with Hangman. Because how I, I might be missing another time, but I think he did it two or three times where he had the weapon in his hand, went against it. But it didn't cost him until this time because you're facing CM Punk and we have a new. AEW World Champion, our fifth champion ever. That's um. So your champion so far, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, uh, Kenny Omega, right? Yep. Kangman Page, CM Punk. Incredible. What a fucking lineage! Absolutely incredible. And Hangman is not the shortest champion. That uh, belongs to Chris Jericho. Hangman beat him by uh, two and a half weeks. So, get fucked, Jericho. No, I'm just kidding. Get fucked. <laughs> we're gonna end. Jer- we had Jericho and Moxley fighting this ma- tonight. So, yeah, man. I mean, you kind of put it best here. The story was great. Just the little details. Uh, after the pay per view cut, FTR went and picked up Punk up and started celebrating with him. Punk got super emotional. This, in every direction in my book personally, is the right call. Who better to lead your company into the future than the guy who basically kind of put you back on the map, you know, for the pandemic almost killed AEW in a lot of ways, you know, like, um, that ch- at least it killed a it's lot ability of to grow. I mean, a lot of people stopped watching. And to have Punk here, it's been since August. Right? So nearly 10 months. So he he has earned this. And I enjoyed the match a lot. It, it had some couple faults, but overall, I really liked this match. And Summer of Punk 2.0 begins, dude. I mean. It's, it's going to be glorious. We're about to have a Summer of Punk in AEW at the World Championship. I cannot wait to see who he feuds with. Honestly, I don't even have a prediction for the first one. I, I, Andrade, if it, I'm still holding on to Eddie Kingston at, at, at Arthur Ashe. That's my only yeah. guess still. Absolutely. Um, let me think. Off the but top of my head, MJF beat Punk. Do you think MJF would have won the title tonight? Because I certainly start to think so. 
I mean, that, in you know, technically, that's the story that's being that's been told because they were both wanting a world title shot after they got done with each other. So they both were literally trying to use each other as a stepping stone for the title. So, um, I mean, God, this is it, so fucking good, dude. I'm so happy that he won, man. I just this feels so, and it's not like when we look back on Hangman's title ring, we're gonna remember the matches and. Another fucking one to end it off that, in my opinion, just another great AEW World Championship match. So, yeah, yeah man. Uh, any closing thoughts before we uh, wrap this whole thing up here? I am really excited for a couple of things um, on Wednesday. I'm really excited to see uh, what CM Punk has to say. Um after winning the title, uh, I really want to see where they're what they're doing with the tag titles. I really want to see if Ruby Soho is going to cut a promo. There's so much stuff that I'm excited for. What's going to happen with Samoa Joe and you know is Satnam Singh going to attack him this week? What's what's, what's happening? You know, I'm just excited for the next week of wrestling. Like it's going to be crazy. Um, Agreed. And like as soon as we get up tomorrow too, if we want, we have like that dark special to watch. So if we're like really feeling some wrestling, as soon as we're as soon as we're ready to go, like we can't, yeah, you know, that's, like, that's right, man. Because okay, and I saw uh, Brandon Cutler wrestle Darby Allen on that, so that'll be a fun one. Yeah, man. This yeah, this probably is just some time, last second guys. matches. And again, if you stuck around this whole thing, we really appreciate it. We this isn't the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat podcast. I had a little Southern in there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> This was our last episode with this. Uh, I mean, fuck it. We stuck around this long. We got some new intro music coming out. We got some with some new artwork coming out and yeah, just a little little uh, change up to the show because this is the end of our season. Uh, Double or nothing is where we're going to culminate everything, I guess. Right. So, yeah, we'll be back. We will catch you guys next weekend. Holy fuck. Fuck, CM Punk is AEW World Champion. The revolution is televised. Are you sure about that?